0: lifepodcasts.fm This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production The MVP Zone Let's get into the zone with the MVP Zone
1: Welcome back to the MVP Zone Season 2 with me, your leading player Ayanda MVP and in this podcast I focus on our body's internal infrastructure to understand how we can maintain our healthy lifestyle The MVP Zone Before we get into our topic for episode two, I know that most of us are generally always in the gym. We're doing the most or maybe we're just trying. We're we're trying. We're really trying. That's okay. And that's why I've asked one of my good friends in the fitness world, Yaku, to come through with a few top tips to help you on the daily as we get our gym flow going.
0: Hey, it's Yaku from Core Fitness Studio. And here are your top tips.
1: Yaku, which is more important, warming up or cooling down? Yeah,
0: a lot of people do fail in this industry of warming up and that's where all the injuries come from. As a trainer we always push people, even if it's five minutes, you'll do yourself a big favor from preventing any injuries, do a nice quick five minute warm up, get into your workout, you can push it nice and hard, you'll actually feel, if you don't warm up properly, you struggle in the beginning and that's a lot of people's problem. They feel they can't train nice and hard, and they feel they're not motivated. Actually, they don't warm up properly. The body doesn't want to go. So warm it up, then you can push it nice and hard, and that's what trainers want. Cool down, very, very important. Stretch the muscles out a bit. Doesn't need to be a big, massive cool down, but maybe throw in a yoga session now, and then throughout your workouts in the week. Get the body stretching and relax a bit. Have some time for yourself. If you need any more information, let's touch base on Instagram. At Core Underschool, the MVP zone.
1: In episode one, we had a chat with Dr. Daniel Mayersfeld on using our DNA to assist us in giving our body the correct nutrition and exercise routines. In this episode, we take a closer look at what we eat and how our bodies react to certain eating plans. And who better to help us with that than a registered dietitian, Molaifi. Jenna Bowes completed her Bachelor of Science with Honours in Dietetics and Nutrition at the University of Cape Town. She started her journey in the health and wellness industry by qualifying from the University of Stellenbosch with a BSc degree in Sports Sciences and a BSc Honours degree in Physiology. Jenna has a holistic approach to diet and believes that a healthy lifestyle is achievable. She believes that perfect eating doesn't exist. Yes. (laughs) Perfection, in her eyes, is learning to indulge within a healthy lifestyle while simultaneously being
2: able to achieve and maintain your goals.
0: The MVP Zone.
2: Jenna, what is the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? Basically the
3: biggest thing between a dietitian and a nutritionist is that a dietitian has the ability and the science backing to treat a patient therapeutically. What I mean by that is that we understand the human body in terms of physiology. We will understand the metabolic process, so what diabetes actually does in the body, not just looking at it in terms of the impact of of weight or or other goals that people might have. Mm. We are also governed by uh, the Health Professions Council of South Africa. What that means is we are only able to practice science-based nutrition. So we aren't able to give a client anything that isn't completely sound in terms of practice and that we've seen uh, results or have got literature to be able to back that. So the main difference there is actually just the qualification. Mm -hmm. Um, So the qualification differs between the two and nutritionists are not governed by a body that basically protects the client in essence.
2: What must one know before they begin a specific eating plan?
3: I think probably when anyone sits in front of me, wherever I find them is, why are you doing this and what is your goal? Everyone wants to be a little bit better than what they are currently, whether that's a little bit of weight loss or muscle gain, And that's something that keeps you motivated. So if you aren't able to define why you're doing a process, you're not going to be able to continue in that process. And goals are not achieved overnight. It is a long process. And that's why something like diet takes work on a daily basis. And if anyone ever tells you it's easy, they are 100% lying. But... (laughs) I need to kind of gauge what they're sitting with, with in terms of metabolic complications. If they've got family history of medical conditions, and that's obviously incredibly important. I need to put a plan together for them that is tailored towards those specific conditions. I also need to know what their lifestyle is like. And I think this is a point where I take quite a lot of time to find out what a day looks like in the life of that patient. Mm-hmm. Do they have kids? Do they have a family? Who's doing the cooking? Where are they are doing the shopping? Also, you know, budget comes into play with, with, with cooking and healthy eating as well. So I need to look at everything, uh, lifestyle, family, medication, a medical condition, exercise, activity, and then put that all together to create the picture of, of what I'd need to put in, into a plan.
2: How can someone know how much water they can drink in a day? Obviously, some people's bodies are different now that we've learned that people have different body types and different things that they can take in. Is water really good to just drink whenever, however?
3: So there's quite a lot of evidence on the kind of topic of of hydration. But what's really interesting to know is that dehydration, even 2% loss in, in body weight, from hydration um, status being low will actually impair concentration. It can impact on your mood. It can also impact on, uh, on your metabolic rate. So water is incredibly important and is gauged according to a mass of a body, so one um, bit of information is 30 mls per kg of your body weight. Uh, that can work out to excessive amount, but um, the generalised recommendation of six to eight glasses in a day is based on your basic requirement, and then obviously more with those that are active, more in hotter seasons where we're sweating a little bit more, mm. um, and then definitely more around sport and, and exercise.
2: But I get so tired as the same bland taste sometimes it doesn't quench me and i want to go and have like a juice or a cool drink and i know it's bad but how can i then make my water more interesting for me to enjoy
3: water is obviously the key towards hydration but other things often give us hydration as well so things like herbal teas are great and Your fizzy drinks, your energy drinks, your fruit juices, even your teas, your coffees can offer a huge addition in calories to your daily consumption, which is generally a quick fix to take out so my recommendation is flavor your water cut up some fresh fruit make it seasonal um, and add that to water add that to sparkling water to give it a little bit of a fizz and variety um, we call that generally uh, infused water mm. there are also brands on the market that offer a sparkling water that have got no calories and that's a a topic of understanding what you're looking for on a label um, and how to define whether it's a good a good product to incorporate or not And quite frankly speaking, if you really feel for something, keep it to a minimum. If it's something that's contributing towards weight, don't do it every single day. But every now and again, a small indulgence is really not the end of the world.
2: An eating plan is a great idea, but most times it's also quite expensive. How do we overcome the challenges of the expense it comes with?
3: I think knowledge is power and understanding that food can be very, very expensive, but it can also be super affordable if you understand what you're looking for. So if we start with something as simple as omega-3s, omega-3s are in a supplement form but also found in food forms and probably one of the most economical sources of omega-3s is tinned fish. It's something that doesn't really e- expire too quickly. So with understanding of diet, it can actually be really affordable and you do not need to go and spend um, you know, your salary every single month on what we might call superfoods, but if you cook uh, food or you procure food that's in season, that means that the vegetable or the fruit is going to be high in that nutritional content. If you f- eat food from the ground or whole from the animal, you've limited the processing of additives and preservatives. So that would give you more fiber and would limit you needing to take a fiber supplement. Um, So those are just a few examples as to where a little bit of misinformation comes into the dieting fraternity.
1: Five fruits and vegetables a day. How true is this and should a person really stick to it?
3: So fruits and vegetables are a hot topic at the moment because sugars become such a demon in the dieting world. Mm. We need to differentiate between sugars that are naturally found in food and sugars that are added to food. Naturally occurring sugars are associated with fruits and vegetables, your milk and dairy products, we get lactose, your beans and legumes, etc. And those natural sugars are often paired with high fiber content as you would get from eating a whole fruit. So it is really important that we are aware that fruits and vegetables offer us a huge array of vitamins and minerals, micronutrients, phytochemicals that help with anti-inflammatory properties they're rich in antioxidants um, and you do need to get in actually five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables in a day if you're looking at that from a calorie point of view i definitely Mm -hmm. urge you to get more from your vegetables and your salad components than your fruit and looking at limiting fruit to only two to three in a day but yes quite frankly speaking you are needing just about a cup to two cups of vegetables at most of your meals in a day if it's Mm -hmm. possible
2: what is so special about protein and how much should be eaten?
3: Protein's a pretty controversial topic, actually. There are lots and lots and lots of forms and multiple studies that have come out. Um, disproving the benefit of taking a protein shake because not always are the protein shakes that we're buying on the market um, do they do they actually have enough protein in them as to what they are claiming to have so there's certain products that have put in masking agents that when testing the product will come out with a higher protein content than is actually what it, the body will be able to absorb Um, protein absorption through the gut is best in food form so I do urge those of you listening to rather take in food forms unless you are pushed for time and need something of a convenient um, uh, option to consume or if you are looking at requiring a slightly calorie restricted diet which is high in protein having an isolated protein supplement gives you the protein without the carb and quite often at a reduced um, energy value Protein, however, in excess will get stored as fat, as will too much carb, as will too much fat. So it's not something that you can ever go and overdo. Gaining muscle is going to be working against resistance as well as adapting to diet and having a positive protein balance. So what I mean by that is do not supplement protein alone. You will not get the the body composition changes that you want. Protein is found in different forms. You get vegan proteins, you get isolated proteins like pea proteins, hemp proteins, Um, You get protein sources from animals being your whey and your casein. And this needs to be matched with what you're trying to achieve, whether you are are happy with eating animal or plant-based products, whether you're wanting a rapid absorption or a slow absorption and, you know, more, more often than not, what you actually enjoy in terms of taste and
2: flavor. Can women take protein shakes?
3: Definitely women can take protein shakes as well if warranted. Um, I think women more than men have a slightly lower energy requirement. So when you suddenly go and increase your protein intake, more often than not because protein sources are so high in fat, it actually increases our calorie consumption quite drastically. So mm-hmm. if you are a small female, taking a protein shake is sometimes beneficial and allowing you to maintain a lower calorie intake. Working with a professional, however, will actually give you different options as to whether you should take it in a protein shake form or you can isolate it in a food form. And that's, again, personal preference, um, depending on if there's any medical condition or what your specific goals are. Just generally speaking, protein shakes are are kind of blanket supplemented at certain calorie consumption in a day. So often if it's a small female that's working with me, I might actually just recommend a smaller dose. Mm. Um, So a single scoop instead of a, a double
2: scoop to meet her specific needs for her goals and her weight. For someone that is hearing all of this for the first time and they want to go into the journey, where should they begin?
3: I think start with what you know. Um, Our bodies are very much able to make adaptions in small phases. So if you change too much, honestly speaking, you're not going to be able to sustain those changes. So if you can realistically say, okay, I can train three times a week, then set that as a goal. Don't be unrealistic in your goals because pretending to Train for seven days a week and eat five meals a day or three meals and two snacks. Um, take all your nutritional supplements is quite a a big commitment and quite honestly speaking, that is ultimately setting yourself up for failure and At some point when you don 't succeed that absolute perfect way of eating and exercising, you will feel like you 've let yourself down and to a degree that you have failed and that 's not going to be a good feeling for you to want to jump back onto the bandwagon and try again so Start small and keep yourself accountable. Keeping yourself accountable is, you know, starting with a personal trainer if you don't feel you can get there by yourself or finding a friend that you can embark on this journey with. Um, Seeking attention from a practitioner to get you going and guide you in terms of a mentor is probably something that will help you achieve and maintain your goals the most when you do dip in terms of motivation.
0: The MVP Zone.
3: You can find Jenna at a beautiful
1: health and wellness center in Bryanston known as 340 on Maine. And if you'd like to book an appointment, www340 onmaincoza That wraps up episode two of the MVP Zone. Please let me know your thoughts on what you've been listening to so far. At Ayanda MVP on all social media platforms, hashtag S 2 To
0: stay in the MVP Zone, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast app. The MVP Zone. LivePodcasts.fm Subscribing to a live podcast is free.